Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. I am so excited we're here to provoke you to think properly about the word of God as is properly uh, exegeted and hermeneutically uh, taught to you by this amazing apostle. I mean, one that studies, one that is, is funny too. But uh, uh, at any rate, uh, one that, that's gonna bring all these things to you. So push the share button, let your friends, your enemies, your family, whoever it is, let them know that we are live today and we're bringing that uh, to you so that it can help you to be more effective in your church in your congregation, in your family, and every place else. So come on, Apostle Barry, welcome. Ah! Oh, it's great to be here, Dr. Becker. I tell you what, wouldn't rather be anywhere else, I tell you. <laughs> Bless you, woman of God. So sorry I couldn't make it up there to Ohio, but my shin is healing up. Um, that was quite painful, but um, life happens, I guess. Well, we'll be together in Houston uh, in a few months. So, night through the eleventh. That's correct. Well, it's a it's great to be talking about this subject, and it's good to have the opportunity to um, uh, approach it again today. And um, you know, we have um, spent quite a few weeks, I guess you would say, program sessions um, dealing with. Um, women in ministry. I really tried to take it back, um, of course, in the early ones, more from a historical basis so that people could understand um, how many documents remain out there, um, have been and still remain. Um, many of them the church could easily put together and, and, and show people, but they choose not to um, because of men's hierarchy systems. And um, correlating that in between the kingdom of God sometimes is a uh, a battle, you know, we, we think this overcoming the systems of this world is um, always about sin. And sometimes it's about religious orders that are false and sacred cows. And, you know, and I guess I've been, I've been even in my own spirit, this one, I've never felt okay with, which I know a lot of people feel okay with that, but then other people feel okay with other things, you know, whether it's, you know, adding clerical garb to your services, and they make that an official thing, which is not official. You know, that's their perspective. And they, you can put a guilt trip on somebody by saying, yes, but if you really honor the ministry and honor these things, but that's honor from men. That's not the honor that God said, you know. <laughs> and anyway, and so we come back around. Everybody's got something they like and something they don't like. You know, somebody else don't like people speaking out loud in tongues in a service. It's just offensive. It seems stupid. And they just, again, the problem is, is we have to look at the word of God. We have to understand what we're looking at and, um, and, and study it properly. This is why um, so many years of time, the church did get in trouble when it released the word to common men because most people weren't educated. So they would they would take it at surface values and cut off their hand if they stole because they were afraid they were going to steal again. So they'd cut their fingers off or their hand off and because that's a scripture in the Bible that says it's better to cut your hand off than it is to, to sin, you know, or I, I keep touching my neighbor's booty when she walks by, so I cut my hand off. You know, it's like 
it's stupid. You know, it's uh, and and so the church ends up getting. <laughs> sorry about that one, but the church get ends up getting in this place to where it just it adds things to it. And one of the things that's added to the simplicity of the kingdom is, you know, holding on to a worldview, a worldly view, not a worldview, but a, well, I guess it is a worldview in a lot of ways, you know, and so there's always this struggle. When again, the kingdom of God should be demonstrating that there is no difference in male or female in Christ Jesus. You know, as far as the ministry and ministry roles are concerned, how you do that in the house and all is up to you, you know, but um, I understand my my little small simple understanding understands that women give birth, <laughs> um, and um, and and so men work around that. But that does not mean that's all they can do or that's all they're good for. You know, I mean, heck, I can mow the yard, but that isn't what I want to do all the time. You know, I can I can paint, but my God, I might have to rest two days afterwards and have an attitude. It's not what I want to do all the time. And so why is it that way for men, but it's not that way for women? I mean, those are still chores men need to do around the house, but that doesn't mean that's all you can do now because that's what you do. And just because a woman can clean the house and have a baby doesn't mean that's all she can do. And that's so stupid. And from the beginning of the garden, when where we started these in Genesis, talking about and let them have dominion, let them rule who them they the them that's you know you want to talk about using some <laughs> pronouns that's some pronouns let them rule let they the them rule you know so here we go all of that because uh giving a short introduction there <laughs> first timothy 2 11 through 15 we dealt with the first two portions of this scripture in the last session of the session before that. But I just want to take a moment because I, I had a couple of questions come up to me and maybe you didn't, but I had a couple of questions come up to me about, well, why did Paul choose to say this stuff about childbearing? I said, well, I covered those scriptures that, and the person said, yeah, but I went back and listened and you didn't talk about, I'm like, okay, well, let me go back. And, and then I, when I went back and looked, they're right. I didn't, I was focusing on that main part. I mean, there's so many avenues you can preach on, talk on when you get into this stuff. But it says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. We'll try not to go back through all of this. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over a man, but be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. This part. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. Now, even this, I've had, so that means if I serve the Lord, I will have pain when I have babies. Well, how many of you tried that? I don't think that's how that one works. So, uh, <laughs> you know, again, it could be something else to that text. But the next passage of Christ by Paul that is often misunderstood, really misinterpreted to say the least, is that this, you know, is the Timothy passage. We dealt with a lot with the first Corinthians passage the last time. And in the Timothy passage, we we dealt with on the first part of it in the earlier 
sessions. But Paul laid a number of charges throughout his epistles in the book of Timothy, and well, they're called pastoral epistles. And honestly, I don't know why they're called pastoral epistles, because they're written very apostolically. He's given oversight to the churches. He's telling them where the doctrine's off, where their activities off, where their character needs to be corrected, things they need to focus on. The doc- and it doesn't sound too pastoral to me. It sounds like he's apostolic, you know, and um, which only makes sense to me. But I guess, again, it's easier to say pastoral epistles than it is to say, you know, because it's not real pastoral. None of Paul's writings are real pastoral. That's why it's kind of a dumb thing to say, even in concept. But still, you know, Paul laid out a number of charges throughout the book of these, uh, you know, these the epistles, and the qualifications were laid out for, for elders and for deacons. Timothy is warned against the danger. I mean, he warns folks about riches. He says, some of you rich folks, and you're, you're, you're God's made you rich. Um, you know, don't give all your money to foolish things, uh, but at the same time, don't give to try to get something back. And he gives all these stipulations. That would make a good offering message. There ain't nobody preaching that one. You know, so I'm with the rich people in here to give double today. Praise the Lord. Right here it is in the text. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, you really want the Bible, don't they? I wish we'd get back the Bible. Let's do it. Um, so he warned them. He warned about the doctrines of demons uh, that were evident, you know. And in 1 Timothy 2, Paul deals with order in public worship. And prayer should be made for all those in authority, he said. Men and women must pray. Women should be dressed uh, uh, modestly. You know, he goes on and he talks about uh, their their dress. And again, why is he, is he picking on the women? Is a men just allowed? You know, in another portion of Timothy, he speaks of the men dressing modestly. So it's not just the women, but he was dealing with a particular thing. We had guys coming over, getting saved from the strip club, so to speak. And they coming over in their short shorts and their Daisy Dukes. They're coming over in their short shorts and their halter tops going, hey, we're ready to worship. What's up? You know, let's roll the music. Hey. You know, and Paul's like, oh, Jesus, help. And he's, you know, he has to lay an order to it, you know. It's worthy of note to see how many references, though, to women are found in the context of the epistles in Timothy. And, 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 you know, and I say this because there's a good reason in due time as we continue to go along. I hope, hope we continue to see that. But first off, he says men should pray and also women and dress modestly in chapter two, verse eight. And he says an elder must be the husband of one wife. And that's referring to polygamy, you know, not multiple wives. You know, we say, well, you've been married before. Okay, I don't know the situation for the divorce, but that's not what this text is talking about. And I mean, anybody that has a Bible dictionary can run a cursor over the words if you have that type of program and stop, and it will show you what it means. The one wife, it means polygamous, not, not polygamous is what it says, literally. And so that's what he's referring to. Deacons' wives must be of good character qualities. And... Um, you know, and and that's just plain. That's simple. I mean, you gotta can't have somebody in there acting all crazy and got an attitude and 
you know, got a snoop, don't know how to serve, aren't hospitable, don't really want to be there, resent what the husband does or, you know, or resent what the, their, their job in the church or vice versa. Same way when you get a man that's like that. That don't help nobody, you know, stay at home, sucker. I mean, Lord Jesus. I mean, and that don't help either. You know, you got a problem when it's like that. And so he's just trying to tell him, y'all got to work this stuff out. Um, he says, deacons must be, again, the husband of one wife, non-polygamous. So it's not like, it's not like when you, you could be a deacon and be polygamous and you, you got to an elder, it was a no-no. No, it was a no on deacons too. And, and also he told him, I mean, think about this. You know, he says one of the doctrines of demons is forbidding marriage in chapter four, verse three forbidding marriage. So then we got denominations that say you're more spiritual if you don't get married. You know where our first brothel was, I'm sure you know, where the very first brothel was, was in the doggone Catholic church. After they made that pass the law that you can't, you can't be married, the priest can't be married, the answer was to start a brothel. Yeah, that's honesty. Let's do that. That's holy, you know, and you can look that up, guys. This isn't this isn't like hidden the mystery stuff. It's just, it's like the news today. Ain't nobody talking about certain parts of it because it ain't going to help certain people and their agendas. So, you know, I'd just rather not talk about it. Um, also, he said, Timothy, you got to reject old wives' fables. What is that? So I'm saying we have references to things, even concerning women, that we just look, we got to go to the women tell stupid stories. Like, is that what that means? It's not what he's talking about. He was dealing with particular things. Also, female elders, which is the, in, in chapter 5, verse 2, uh, should be treated as mothers, right? They should be treated as mothers, not disrespected, not looked down on, not treated just as women, but honored as, as mothers in the church and mothers in Israel. And that's what that younger women should be treated as sisters. And um then widows must be honored and cared for for their children and not the church in chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. But let me just say on that, that's not complicated because he's speaking about that the widows that have given their life to the church, he said, now these are true widows indeed. Okay, they're not sleeping around. They're not complaining. They're not just at the house waiting on a paycheck. They've given their service and all their time and every little extra penny they get to serve the church. And Paul says, you take care of those. Those aren't just your normal women going, I need money. I don't have nobody. I don't have no. And he says, let the other one's family take care of it. You know, okay, well, why I don't have no family? What am I going to do? I mean, that's when it gets into. That's why we have to be careful, too. We don't just isolate. This seasons we're going to go through, if you're all isolated, you're not going to have anybody, you know, because it gets lonely during, during certain times in your life, transitional times in your life anyway. And, um, you know, it get, can get real, real lonely if you've already detached from everybody or everybody that's in your friendship sphere is an idiot. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, but you, you, you don't sometimes realize that till you're sitting in the middle of your stuff looking around going, ain't none of them can help me. Not one of them. Even if they have the money, they ain't got the sense. You know, they, they ain't got the mind to do it. They don't care enough. I mean, whatever it is. You know, he says, 
uh, the church may have to take, the church should take care of true widows. So that's his point in that. He's like, and that's where a lot of guys get confused because they feel, well, you know, there's just so many needs. And if I take care of this widow, is that widow up there sweeping, cleaning that church, praying sun up, sun down? You got a guest speaker coming into town and they're in town. They're up at the church two or three times a day praying. I know these kind of women. And you better believe I take care of them. What do you need? Is there anything you need, honey? No, I'm doing good. No, I know Christmas is coming up. Yeah, but I made something little for each one of them. They understand I don't have much. I tell you what, you know, I'm going to give you some. I want you to buy your grandkids something. Not. No, no, no. I'm just getting. That's the kind I'm talking about. Not those. I I know you gave me, you know, 500 last month, but that ain't enough. You know, and I, I know another pastor down the street, he gave my friend $1,500. I'm out here. I've heard this kind of stuff over the years. And that's just fool, fool. It's players, you know. Younger women are better to marry again and have a family. He's like, he's trying to tell them, like, it's, it's yeah, you can come up here and serve and all that kind of stuff. That's what you should do in the middle, which was another thing, which was common. Here we go again. But I know I did this to you again. We'll get to it in the next one. But, but, <laughs> But you know, it was real common in the scriptures when people were in between work. I mean, I, I read and heard and saw this all my life and, and read it in church history. People would felt like if they went up and sowed time into the church, what can I paint? What can I fix? They felt like that would cause them to get a job quicker. They were sowing into the thing they wanted. And, um, you know... And I've been in churches where they felt this so strong that, I mean, men were like, no, I got to go up there at least twice this week and do something. You know, I have to, you know, because I mean, I feel that's what the Lord wants me to do. And if I sow into that, I believe this next job interview is going to, um, you know, and people, no, you don't have to. All the, I don't tell folks like that something because they're on a mission from God. When people operate like that, they don't just get a natural blessing. It kicks them into another level spiritually and brings their family into another level because the leads of the house are doing that. And not just a woman doing that for her husband while he's at home playing video games and drinking and smoking weed. I'm talking about, you know, he's one up there pressing into stuff or, you know, as a primary in a family. And I know I'm just talking about that one thing right now. You got to say something, go ahead. You better hurry. You only got a few minutes. <laughs> I'm so in agreement. I am so in agreement. I am so in agreement with. <laughs> but it's such a short epistle in Timothy, <laughs> much, much shorter than I've made it. You can read through it in about six minutes. I've already taken 30 just on the one verse. So for such short epistle, it's remarkable how many references to women are made. I mean, that's what kept sticking out. Old women, young women, widows, married. It bridges a historical gap. It should be remembered that Ephesus was a center of worship of the Diana cult. And, and when Paul founded the church in Acts 19, the 1 through 41, around in that area, there were some disciples of John the Baptist there, if you recall. And Paul led them through the gospel light. They were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Paul stayed in Ephesus for two years and taught, and special miracles took place, if you remember. Remember, that they also had a book burning there. 
all all people all brought their magic arts books and everything else and burn it all up and in Acts 19 and there was a great riot. It caused a riot in the city. And I can hear people today, but if it wasn't a bit, if it would have been a God, it wouldn't have called. Listen, they weren't a bunch of people running through the town, destroying buildings and burning stuff up and stealing things all in the name of reparation, reparation. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, theft. It's what it is. Delusion. Anyway. Yeah. We didn't build put them leaders now. Anyway. I had to keep going. So I, I know I've messed around the edge of that one, but yeah, I mean, it sounded good, but snake behind it, wasn't it? Anyway, I know we got to go, but let me just say, there's a great riot. It was caused by those losing businesses who made their shrines to the goddess of Diana and the disciples. And, and but we got to think when we say that, do we just brush that out? But you can understand, imagine that if our nation in the United States if the primary business of our major cities was idolatry and demonic books and things, that's a whole nother level of gone bad. So when we talk about, well, it's just not the way it was in Bible times. Oh, no, we don't even understand. I mean, they're, number one, they just were hot out of getting killed just for preaching the gospel. And, and now you know, you have to understand the whole city, it says, was given to this cult. Even if they weren't a part of it, it means they were they were open. They were like like the nations, uh, like everybody's trying to get us to just accept all the uh, the gay lifestyles and all of this. It's like it was just given to it to where if you said anything against it, you were in trouble. I mean, beat up. Some of them, I mean, Paul got beat up in Ephesus. You know, and, and the first couple of times he went, he didn't make very much progress. He had to keep going back. See, that's another thing. Go where I'm celebrating, not tolerate. I hear you, but we have to have missions that penetrate and expand new ground. And that means we have to be a battering ram against this stuff and believe that the word of the Lord will prevail because that's what it says happened. And we, again, we read those statements in the Bible and it says, and the word of the Lord prevailed or the word of the Lord grew mightily. Many were saved. We don't understand what he's saying is they reached a point over their glass ceiling that it popped through. Yeah, there was still heat, but a whole multitude got swept into it like an undercurrent in the middle of the ocean, just, just got sucked right down with it. You know, that's real revival. Not I laid around and soaked for 20 minutes and got out nasty, you know, and, you know, was mad because I only had menthols left in my cigarette pack and don't have regulars. And, you know, I'm, I'm mad, you know, no, you just lay before. Anyway, I get going on this stuff, but I'm just trying to say, the disciples prevented Paul from taking risk on his own life. He was willing to go back in, preach again. But their cry was, great is Diana of the Ephesians. I'll stop right there. <laughs> okay, you know, one of the things that you were talking about right there was, and 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 I, I just sensed um, the spirit of God, um, 
when you were talking about how and what it was, what it was that they had to go through. It was not, it was not just a a a a, a panty ante type of a thing. You go in, you little preach something, and you yanda bahanka, and uh, you know, everything happened. It was the word of the Lord prevailed, prevailing. It took travailing, but it also took work. It didn't just take where well, we travailed for this and travailed for this and didn't put the hand to the plow and didn't put your life out there. You know, one of the things of it is, is this in the book of Revelation, it talks about they overcame. I mean, it wasn't just talking about those then, but Paul and them, they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and the last part about it, it was not that they cared so much for their life. It was something that says, and these were women also that says this life, this earthly life does not matter as much as what it is that I'm going into. I'm here about something. I mean, they were fervent. They were uh, fervent. I mean, they were after something. They worked side by side. And 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 uh, I'll mute so then you can go ahead and continue. But I mean, I did. I heard it when you were, when you were, when you were speaking on that, and when you were talking about that, it was just something. I mean, look at what it is that we have today. Anybody that says something against, oh, you're not this or you're not this. I mean, people ball up in a little chain. I mean, they roll up in a ball. Why is that? Because we have not taught, we have not trained, we have not modeled pers per, uh, persecution. We have not modeled uh, where you go through persecution, where you go uh, through uh, all of these attacks and stuff. And what happened? They came out stronger and they, and more people were able to see these people believe in what it is that they're doing. They don't give a tinker's tutu what it is that someone is saying about them. They, they care about what it is that they're doing. This gospel of the kingdom of God is real to them. And where's the reality of that today? So anyway, um, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I know we, we only have can, We can just preach, you know, but we're teaching this day, this, 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 and this thing. So I'll mute. Well, I just say this. Um, I'll tell this little story. Um, not long ago, I was, um, I was walking the floor and I was praying and I was, you know, perplexed about some different things going on and all of this. And, and all of a sudden, the Lord said, that's not your problem. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I felt his presence. I thought, okay. And he said, your problem is, is you, you've developed a misunderstanding about my call. I'm like, and then he just started speaking to me. And I was going through people in the Bible. He was going through things. It was like my whole being, you know, it fills up with it. And basically, he was just saying to me, you know, the problem is that people today, when they're called, they don't understand the sacrifice part. They don't understand it's a deal they've got to make. And, um, and and when they're making a deal, that means they're saying, if nobody gets saved, I commit to preaching my whole life. If, if I make stupid mistakes, I still accept that call. Then I accept whatever trouble comes from that, that I've added to it. I got to keep preaching. If no matter what the reason is, it's it's it comes back to that calling, and and if and, and again the people today it's like okay I'm called what does I have nobody will teach me nobody will mentor me I mean 
I didn't, I didn't think to say that when I was growing up. I thought I was my responsibility to yes. sit outside the room, to read every book I heard mentioned in a sermon, to, to if someone mentioned some, learning from somebody, I'd write down their name and go buy a set of their tapes. I'm a, who's that? What did they learn? I want to learn that too. I mean, and that's how, that's how I mentored. I think today we make, I think today we make people too dependent on having to, let me say that properly, having to get it from us, not our teeth. I won't talk about teeth, but, I, but you know, we're out of time. We're out of time. We're over. We're out of time. This Russell Baker and Apostle Cook <laughs> baking and cooking here today. This is us on the Still Telling It Like It Is program. And we will be back with the rest of this or some parts of it or whatever it is next week. We'll see you next week on the Still Telling It Like It Is. If you'd like to give into the ministry, the information is there. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs>